like it hurt not being involved because if there's a wrestling show on and there's people at it and there's a ring set up and everyone's watching on TV, I want to be on that show. Welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. We are still on the road to WrestleMania. Dallas, Texas is on the horizon. Everything you need to know, we've got you covered. It's the greatest sports entertainment podcast on God's green earth. And of course, I can't do this solo. So allow me to introduce my tag team partner, the donkey lips to my Bobby Budnick, if you will, uh, the voice of NXT 2.0, Vic Joseph. Vic, what's the word, my friend? Well, thank you very much, my good friend. It has been an amazing week all the way around for both of us. I know we're going to get into it. Congratulations, first and foremost, on the success of Corey and Carmelo. We talked about it last week on this program. I've now dived into one three episodes on WWE's official YouTube page. I'm laughing hysterically because of things that I know that didn't air that were going through your mind that were being texted to me. It is an amazing show. Love every second of it thus far. Oh, I appreciate it, man. The feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. Dare I say shockingly positive. I think a lot of people had a few misconceptions by design, as we talked about here on the show last week with Carmella. Uh, we promoted it one way, but there's really a lot more to the show. Everybody seems to be enjoying it. Keep enjoying it for my sake. Let's uh, make some more of these. The, the, num- the viewership numbers have been astoundingly positive. Uh, really, I just I think should probably be taking a, a minute to say thank you to everybody who has supported this project and seems to be enjoying it along the way. Hopefully, fingers crossed, a lot more to come. Vic, there are many reasons. Well, you have something else you want to say already? Yeah, you're almost speechless. You're like almost caught up for your words trying to thank people. It's not very often that A, Corey Graves thanks people genuinely from his heart, and B, when I see you trending on Twitter and I click, oh, crap, what did he do now? Click. What did I do now? Man, what a great show. Corey's a dad. Corey's funny. Man, Corey's got a real side. What a great show. Look at the, I was like, wow, that is positively shocking to me of how many people loved you, and now you're giving the love back. What the hell has happened to you? It's been a very, very positive week. I'm still buzzing as we record this. I saw one of the best rock and roll shows of my entire life last night right here in Pittsburgh. Still riding the high of that. It was truly unbelievable. Tool, one of my favorite bands of all time, was in town. Uh, the, The live aspect of their show is unlike anything I've experienced before. I've seen them multiple times live, but last night... Truly an experience. It wasn't just a show. It wasn't just a concert. It was this immersive, artistic uh, manifestation of art, I think was the way my brother described it, who went and saw it for the very first time. Just, I'm buzzing, man. It's been a long time since I've had anything that allows me to feel like I'm 16 years old again. And for two hours last night, I was just a kid watching these guys do this amazing performance and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in a really good, I actually just saw Carmela before I came down here to record this. And she was like, I got to send you to concerts more often. You're in a really good mood today. Yeah, it's very odd. I'm taken back a little bit, to be honest. I've oh, seen you in good moods in the past, but yeah, I'm assuming it's going to come to an end. That's why I'm enjoying every single moment now. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! 
This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Also, uh, I'm running on fumes at this point. The last two plus weeks of my life have been basically nonstop between the launch of Corey and Carmella, all the media appearances in between, our usual WWE duties, Monday Night Raw, which we'll talk to, doing these after the bells. Uh, We got a great guest this week, the brand new United States champion, Finn Balor, will join the show for the first time in almost a year. Lots to catch up on with Finn, lots to talk about. But right now, I want to talk about what went down this past Tuesday, USA Network, in your house, not the pay-per-view, your hypothetical house, Vic, NXT 2.0. Lots of developments prior to next week's massive event. Yeah, next week is NXT Roadblock. You've been part of some of these developments because it's played out on Monday Night Raw. The Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, Robert Roode coming back. Some say home to NXT is no stranger, but this isn't NXT that Robert Roode remembers. This is NXT 2.0, and there's a new face of the franchise. Happy and Braun Breaker. I, I got to admit, when I watch Raw and you're sitting there ringside, I see Tommaso Ciampa, who's a, a friend of mine. There's There's a new side of him. He talked about that. He's fighting to survive. He's been in the game two decades. And he still, though, has that youthfulness about him. But he knows his time is running It's out. limited. It's, it's limited. limited. And he knows that. Yeah. And now he's looking across from Dolph Ziggler. I mean, no one thought Dolph Ziggler was going to come to NXT 2.0. Braun Breaker's the champ. I mean, there's so many moments from this past Tuesday, but it all leads to Roadblock this Tuesday on USA. Well, I want to break this down a little bit because everybody knows what a big fan of Braun Breaker I've become over the past several months. NXT champion. The dude just gets better and better each and every week. Tommaso Ciampa is a guy that... Back when I was doing commentary in NXT, some of the classics that he was part of and the DIY story and the tag team reigns, uh, Champa's got no shortage of, of history and footage in NXT. It's really cool for me to see him now on Monday Night Raw. To your point, he's trying to survive, but it's really, really cool. You can feel it. You can feel the authenticity of Tommaso Ciampa on Monday Night Raw. I know everybody was all upset because he changed his entrance music, which I did actually dig his old music too, but you know... The, Change happens. It's a it's a necessary evil sometimes, and you got to rebrand. And I've been getting a lot of feedback on Twitter that I mean, people saying, "Oh, you act like you don't know who Tommaso Ciampa is," because I referred to him as an upstart on Monday Night Raw. Most of the audience, the majority of the WWE universe, are not yet familiar with Tommaso Ciampa. That will change over the past several weeks, especially if he keeps doing what he's doing. But people seem to to, to get lost that not everybody sees all of the superstars. Not everybody is a diehard fan every week so people complain about commentary from time to time oh you you tell us the same things we have to inform everybody because not everybody's glued to their screen each and every time but now you've got champa who has the opportunity to bring the nxt championship maybe to monday night raw with him yeah which would be a really really cool development 
but the, the wild card in this is still Dolph Ziggler. And I want to talk about this because it ties into Finn Balor, who experienced a very similar path in his career where Finn was on Raw, Finn was on SmackDown, tasted success, first ever Universal Champion, but eventually Finn found his way back to NXT. And it elevated the entire NXT brand, and it put a fresh coat of paint on Finn Balor as a competitor. It was like he was rejuvenated, like he was refreshed. Now, Balor is back on Monday Night Raw. In a few months back when he was still on Friday Night SmackDown, had a program with Roman Reigns. This is arguably the best Finn Balor we've seen since he's entered the WWE realm years back, including his NXT run. But Dolph Ziggler is a guy who has accomplished just about everything there is to accomplish in WWE, short of being WWE or Universal Champion. He was the World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, I mean, Ziggler's held championships and had main events and the spotlight on his career. But the Dirty Dogs aren't necessarily setting the world on fire from a victory standpoint on Mondays. It could be really, really cool. And it's already been refreshing and interesting seeing Dolph in a different environment. What if Dolph Ziggler becomes NXT Champion? Is this an opportunity for Dolph to rejuvenate his career and put a fresh coat of paint on, on the Dolph Ziggler story in the hallowed halls of NXT as a change of scenery. It's hard to argue the point because you bring up Finn Balor. What about Mandy Rose? Mandy That's Rose point, yeah. falls into the same category. Mandy Rose wasn't to your phrase, lighting the world on fire, whether it was raw or SmackDown. Sure. She was in elimination chambers and the women's Royal rumbles. She comes down to NXT Toxic Attraction wins the NXT Women's title. Fresh coat of paint. And it's okay. You need that from time to time. So I don't think there's anything wrong with Dolph Ziggler becoming NXT champion. I would love to have Dolph Ziggler every single Tuesday. The problem that I think Dolph Ziggler would have would be when he's down here, man, the NXT universe hates him. They're chanting, <laughs> you don't belong here. Get out. They're on his case. And so that's a part that actually intrigues me. But back to Tommaso Ciampa, don't you think knowing the man, it pisses him off to be called kid by Dolph Ziggler to be yeah. looked at as like, ah, you're a rookie. He's been in the game. Like I said, you've, you've known him longer than I have. Sure. And there's a reason for that. Dolph is doing that by design. It's the mental warfare aspect of the game that we talk about ad nauseum. You got to get inside your opponent's head. That's all Dolph's doing. Champa's certainly not a rookie, certainly not a kid. Regardless, I think this triple threat match next week on NXT is going to be unreal. If for some reason Dolph doesn't manage to capture the NXT championship, he and Rude have plenty of options on Monday Night Raw because the Raw tag team division has been red hot recently. I don't know that I can remember a time recently where the tag team division has been as large of a focal point as it is right now on Monday Night Raw. Think about this. This past week, you opened with the KO show with Seth Rollins, who I want to get to in a little bit, just because I love gushing about how amazing Rollins is right now. Kevin Owens doing some fantastic stuff. Alpha Academy. And then you, we, we had the tag match between RK Bro and the Street Profits this past Monday. This coming Monday... We've got the triple threat match for the Raw Tag Team titles, Alpha Academy defending against RK Bro and Rollins and Owens. Has, is this the best that the Raw Tag Team division has ever been? At least in, in quite some time. I have to agree with you as well. And it, I, it goes back to even looking at NXT, Creed Brothers, Imperium, Brooks and Jensen. The, the list keeps growing of, of tag teams that translates to, to Raw and to SmackDown. I've, I gush over Alpha Academy. 
I and I said it a couple weeks ago. Chad Gable and Otis are money to me when they're on the screen. And when you pair with the Riddles and the Ortons and the Street Profits and list goes on, it makes for great television, which makes for great entertainment. So to your point, I can't recall in the last six, seven years, I'm trying to really think when the tag team division was as deep as it is now. I, I really it's can't. not just the depth, it's the quality of the matches. I mean, every single combination of these teams seems to just, just click. The chemistry is on a different level. And it's not just two teams who have worked together so many times that they have great chemistry, like a DIY and the Revival used to have or anything like that. This is parody across the entire division. It could go any way. I mean, we saw the Street Profits knock off RK Bro this past week. Uh, which I don't think many people expected to happen. But the, the Raw Tag Team Division, while we're lacking right now, Brock Lesnar as WWE champion being represented on Raw, now the tag team titles have taken a, a bigger portion of the show, and I think it's fantastic. It just feels fresh to me. I think one thing that's very interesting about the tag team division is typically you always looked at a tag team as person A and person B, but the tag team division now have the the superstars are so great they can succeed on their own which is what's cool to me otis has won money in the bank chad gable is going to be a main event guy randy Orton's a former world champion riddle is well on his way to doing the same you've predicted big things for montez ford seth rollins and kevin owens you've already talked about that's what's cool to me is that all these great individuals have come together to make great teams to tell great stories and have great matches but they haven't lost who they each are individually that's right. what's been interesting to me about the tag team division. Yeah, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins on paper have nothing in common. They shouldn't be best friends, as Kevin likes to put it, but <laughs> the chemistry they've developed, and, and I talked about it many times on this show, Kevin Owens doesn't have bad matches. Seth Rollins lately hasn't had anything short of great matches. You put the two of them together with someone like Gable and Otis, who are still looking to prove themselves to step up their game. Put them in there with, with Riddle and Orton. The chemistry has just been so much fun across the entire tag team landscape. I'm curious to see how it shakes out as we get to WrestleMania. Do we have one set of tag champs defending against another? Do you have a multi-team scramble style match? Is it just a, a straight-up tag team match? I'm really curious to see how this all plays out in the weeks leading up to Dallas, Texas. And I don't want to throw away and forget the Usos. And the new, of course, I'm, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I Add would them to the list now. And so that's what's, that's, what's just so great about what we're in now. And you and I have talked about it on this show. You've talked about it off air. I've talked about it off air. Competition in this division is helping other superstars begin to grow and become more well-rounded and take that next step. Like a riddle riddle team. with Randy Orton still found himself in the elimination chamber and you still cared about him. And, and you still had your moments there, too. That's what's also really cool about the tag team division to me is how everyone's helping another one grow and elevate their game to build superstars. Another tag team matchup that has been made official already for WrestleMania that I personally am very stoked about. <laughs> the father-son duo, Rey Mysterio and Dominic, will face off with The Miz and Logan Paul. Is there a more polarizing character than Logan Paul in the world of entertainment right now? Save his his brother. When Byron, when Byron Saxon, I forget what comment he made. You looked Probably at him like better. I could see see you through uh, the bodies in the ring, and you go, "Did you not hear who he stood toe to toe with?" Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. And Byron just went silent, 
Yes. And it's one of those things where people forget. They see Logan Paul and they just think, oh, YouTube guy. No, this guy legit stood toe-to-toe with pound Logan pound Paul's a, a big son of a gun. Boxer. He is. He's I never four. realized. Yeah, I never yeah, realized how boy. big he was until I bumped into him in the hallway weeks ago. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's great for WrestleMania. We're seeing this infusion of celebrities. You're not going to have this all year. It's what makes WrestleMania special. On the SmackDown side of things, it looks like we've got Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn continuing their their journey. Logan Paul is great. It's going to get eyes on the product, as we like to say. And people feel one way or another about Logan Paul. You either love him or you hate him. But people will pay money to watch in hopes of Logan Paul getting beat up. Guess what we used to call that in this business, Vic? Being a bad guy. <laughs> it's oh. what the business was predicated on. Imagine Good that. guys that you want to see win and bad guys who you want to see lose. So people, hopefully, will shell out their hard-earned money to watch Logan Paul get 619. Or, conversely, maybe Logan Paul beats Rey Mysterio and Logan Paul hangs around for a while. I have no idea, but it's exciting. And to me, this feels almost like an old school WrestleMania match because it's spectacle. But Logan Paul's an athlete. Logan Paul, we, we think of how, how highly touted Bad Bunny's performance was last year because Bad Bunny put in the work. Bad Bunny was in the performance center in the weeks and months leading up to WrestleMania and went out there and put on a hell of a show that had people talking because no one expected Bad Bunny, a rapper, to be able to do that in a WWE ring. Logan Paul's an athlete. Logan Paul trains in combat sports. Logan Paul boxes. Logan Paul is a fighter and an athlete. I shudder to think of what he's capable of come the showcase of the Immortals. And one thing I want to throw into the back of your mind, Graves, which I, you probably already thought about it. Paul's a, a, a WWE member of the WWE Universe. He knows what's going on. He sees it. Right. Do you think he takes it lightly that the person you just mentioned, Bad Bunny, put on a performance last year. You really think Logan Paul's not going to try to outdo what Bad Bunny did? You 100%. think he's not going to outdo what Pat McAfee did at NXT TakeOver 30 when you and I sat there and looked at each other and went, holy bleep, that was awesome. Right. Off air. He knows what's going on, and I believe he will deliver a performance. And there's one word. It's polarizing. My mom still calls me to this day. Vic, I didn't like that guy. Yeah, mom, that's the point. So that means it worked. Right. Exactly. Yeah, like, come on. Exactly. Novel concept, right? I know we're raw heavy on the conversation this week because there were so many developments that went down. In the closing moments, Edge's WrestleMania open challenge has been answered by none other than the phenomenal AJ Styles. Vic, this is a match that doesn't need a build, so to speak. It doesn't need promoted. It just needs time. You have got two of the best in-ring competitors ever, ever to do it, to collide at WrestleMania. Edge, who has been on fire since he's returned. You don't see Edge every week competing, but when Edge steps into the ring and it's time to go, he's doing some of the best work of his career at this late stage. And you've got AJ Styles, who much like Seth Rollins, much like Kevin Owens, just doesn't have bad matches. It's impossible. Give me Styles, give me Edge at WrestleMania, and God willing, I hope they get 35 minutes and just to get to go out and paint a picture. Because remember, this is the same Edge who was responsible for the match of the year last year with Seth Rollins inside Hell of a Cell. Imagine what the Rated R Superstar and the Phenomenal One can create together at WrestleMania. I'm stoked about it. 
What interests me the most about Edge is when WWE Hall of Famers and legends come back, and this is not a shot at anybody. Everyone and their mother expects the greatest hits. We're going to see smiles. We're going to see this move, this move. It's going to be over. Edge shocked me. I thought we were going to get a handshake. It was going to be done. And to see him morph into this new version and rejuvenate and revitalize his career this late in the game shocked me. That's what's really intriguing about Edge is he's such a great storyteller. This is such a great match with a concept behind it. And for those that have gone on social media and when Edge was on this program with us that only knew Edge from WWE on Peacock, they're about to see a whole new side some of us have never seen in what already has been a Hall of Fame career. I, I am That's the match that I'm looking forward to the most is Edge, AJ Styles. That one is going to be a banger, no doubt about it. Perhaps an instant classic, but already as the card's shaping up, we've got WrestleMania Saturday as it stands. The Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship matches will take place. We know WrestleMania Sunday, the biggest WrestleMania match in history. Winner take all, championship unification, Lesnar and Reigns. It doesn't get any bigger than that. But as we approach WrestleMania, the window of opportunity to participate at the showcase of Immortals is getting smaller by the day for everyone. Everybody's looking for their path, which includes our guest, because as of right now, our very special guest on After the Bell is without a path to WrestleMania, but he is the brand new United States champion, Finn Balor. Finn, first off, congratulations on the new hardware. What a difference a year makes. Last time you were here on After the Bell, you were the NXT champion around this same time of year. Now, as of this past Monday, you're the brand new United States champion on Monday Night Raw. What's your immediate reaction, aside from being powerbombed through the table? Uh, my immediate reaction to being U.S. champion is that I was completely surprised by the physical weight of the belt itself. Really? It's, the, <laughs> it's literally the heaviest belt I've ever carried in my life. Like, Heavier than all the Japanese belts, heavier than Universal Championship, heavier than all the NXT titles. It's, I don't know what it's made of, but it's got a ton of weight. I could barely get my bag up in the overhead on the way home. <laughs> got to be that big eagle on the front of it that's just, you know, 3D popped out. That's, that's awesome. I, I want to ask you, so obviously last time we caught up properly on this show, you were very proudly representing NXT. We talked about what it meant to you to return to NXT where it all began it for your journey in WWE. Now we are talking about sort of round two of Finn Balor as a member of Raw and SmackDown for the past few months. What's the transition back been like for you? Because you were very open about how much NXT meant to you and you had your, your freedom and you had your ability to really express yourself there. How has the, the transition back been for you? Transition's fine. You know, um, I was never out of my debt in WWE. Uh, but I wanted a fresh challenge in NXT. Uh, I feel like I'd kind of, you know, exhausted all all kind of the challenges that were there at the time in NXT. And uh, it was time to, you know, re return to Raw and SmackDown. And uh, it was a pretty seamless transition. Obviously, it's a completely different style and a completely different environment. And of course, the arena sizes are, you know, there's a huge difference there. But, you know, in the ring, it was, uh, it was a seamless transition. And kind of like I just picked up where I left off. It's interesting when you made that you returned to Raw. I didn't think it would happen standing next to Tommaso Ciampa, you know, ironically, which was a cool moment for me, having been with both you guys when you returned to NXT. Yeah, uh, Tommaso is someone who I've known 
a long time, maybe since 2011, uh, before we were ever with uh, this company. And uh, someone who I've admired both in and out of the ring and get this, you know, stand uh, shoulder to shoulder with him on Raw was really, really cool. When you look across the landscape, it's different from the last time you were a member of Monday Night Raw. Obviously, you've got new faces to deal with, some familiar faces from your time in NXT. But when you look across the landscape now, I know you just became United States champion, but who's got Finn Balor's attention? Who's got your eye? Who, in a perfect world, do you get to mix it up with and create a little magic? Uh, well, obviously, uh, there's a lot of unfinished business with Damian Priest after what happened on Raw uh, last week. But, you know, the... The depth in the roster is incredible. And uh, people like, you know, Seth Rollins, I would love to get in the ring with again. Kevin Owens, uh, Apollo Crews is someone who I've admired for a long time since his days in NXT. And before that, uh, someone who I think has an untapped potential and, you know, still kind of still kind of on the rise and, you know, hasn't peaked yet. So uh, I would love to be able to get in there in the ring with him. But uh, there, there's, there's so many guys that... Uh, I really feel like they should be wanting to get in the ring with me because I've been proving this for, for 20 years that, you know, I belong here with, by winning gold. And a lot of people still doubt. A lot of people still say, ah, oh, well, maybe he's not this or maybe he's not that or maybe he can't do that. But somehow I keep winning gold everywhere I go, whether it's Japan or Europe or NXT or Raw or SmackDown. So I really feel like it's people should be stepping up to the plate and wanting to challenge me, not the other way around at this point in my I career. completely agree with you. And I, I want to ask you about, it, it's noticeable from my perspective, sitting at the commentary table, that this recent run of yours, you've got a, a renewed, almost enhanced confidence. Speak to me from a performer's perspective about the importance of having confidence in WWE and doing what you do after you've had a, a, you've traveled the world, you've got a, a literally a world of experience that you brought to WWE. You've had your ups and your downs, but now the Prince back on Monday Night Raw, what's different about you from a mental perspective than maybe a few years back? I think there's a fine line between the word confidence and belief. And I have belief in myself and I believe that I'm good and I believe that I can wrestle my way out of any situation and I believe that I can get it done on any night and I believe I can have a good match with anybody and I believe in my own ability so that belief is maybe that belief is what you're seeing that you can't fully describe right but, but that's like a, a, an inner belief that I know that when I'm in the ring in any situation no matter where it goes I know I'm gonna be fine because I believe in myself I believe in my ability I know that I don't have to have a set routine or a set like layout of stuff that I want to do. I know that I can adapt, I can improvise, and I can execute in the moment on live television in front of an audience. And I, and I, I believe in, in my own ability. And that's something that just takes time. And that's something that you, you develop with experience, and, you know, years in the business and learning from other people and being in there with more experienced people. And I believe like, you know, 21 years of being in there with, you know, people from all around the world in all different aspects of wrestling with different styles that, you know, you absorb that and, you know, I've absorbed that. And now, you know, I feel like I can exude it and, and, and express it when I'm in there. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water. 
pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Did you have like an aha moment? Was there a match or a moment that you can recall where you went, Okay, I, I really have found my groove now. I found my wheelhouse. I wouldn't say that I had an aha moment for myself uh, in the sense that I know what I'm doing at this point, but I had an aha moment on my very first debut on Raw uh, against Roman in the main event of Raw when we locked up and the way he moved and the way he wrestled and the way he paced himself that was like an aha moment for me to say, ah, this is what you need to be doing. This is the level you need to be at. And, you know, over whatever it's been five, six years since that moment, you know, I've, I've gradually started to, to learn and, you know, learn from guys like Seth and Roman and Miz and, you know, all these guys that I've been in there with before uh, and, you know, apply it to myself and kind of, you know, tinker with it because you know what works for Roman doesn't work for me and what works for me doesn't necessarily work for Roman but you got to take little pieces of of you know everybody's kind of attributes and you know apply them to yourself and figure it out I really feel like maybe if I had an aha moment was going back to NXT maybe towards maybe maybe about six months in uh, there was a match with uh, Timothy Thatcher that we don't have a, yeah, it, it was a takeover and there, there was, maybe there was like no crowd or there was like just yeah, a couple I, I, people. I got to call, yeah, Vic and I got to call that. That mm-hmm. was takeover 30. 30. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and it was kind of an aha where, hey, you don't have to like rely on doing all this stuff to impress everybody. Just do what you're good at to impress yourself because there was no one there to impress any. It was just a bunch of cameramen and, and you know, and you guys at the table and the, the bellkeeper, you know? So like I started to like work more for myself than for other people. And I feel like that's when it started to really, my self-belief really started to, to shine through that. I know I can wrestle my way out of any situation and I know I, I'll be comfortable you know, if I'm on the ground, if I'm, if I'm standing up in, in any situation, I knew that I could wrestle my way out of it. And it was at that point where I go, ah, this ain't so hard. You know, this is easy. I've, I've been wrestling for 20 years. I can even do this my, my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, I've, been, <laughs> I've been, I've been doing this longer than I've not been doing it, you know? So like, right. 
Yeah. So like, it's, it's, uh, it's just that belief you have that, you know, I crossed that threshold recently too, where I went, Oh my God, I've been in and around the wrestling business for more of my life than not. And what a, what a yeah. strange, it's strange a, realization it's a, to hit. A little, little scary, right? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You know, we talked about uh, adapting and, and what you've been able to do from NXT to your return to raw is it what fuels you still inside? Because you and I have had a lot of conversations about continuing to prove yourself. And you've said it here today. Is that what fuels Finn Balor in this moment is proving the others? You should be wanting to face me, like you said earlier. I think there's definitely an aspect of that. Like if, if, if we're super honest, in life, anytime like somebody doubts you, you want to prove them wrong, right? And you want to show them that, no, they're wrong. I'm right. I I am this good or I am able to do that or I, I can, you know, succeed. No matter how much success I've had, you know, whether it's in the ring or outside of the ring, some people still doubt or some people still question or some people still don't fully buy into it. And I'm like, I haven't like fun, fully like psychoanalyzed myself, but I'm sure that's part of the driving factor that wanting to prove to people that no, I can do it. And, uh, you know, I think if, if you lose that, that, feeling that you know what else why else would you be doing it for money like i'll be honest the money's not that good for the amount of pain we go through and being away from my family <laughs> for 20 years so sure. like like there's a lot of like I, 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 I wrestle with myself the whole time as to like hey is this like money worth being away from ireland for 20 years you know and in 10 years time when like my family you know when people start to pass or my friends you know move on is money going to be worth the sacrifice that I've given up? Not the physical sacrifice, like the, the sacrifice of being away from your loved ones for literally 20 years. And like just having like phone call relationships with people or text relationships with people that you grew up with or you love. Or even like, I don't have any kids, but I've got 12 nieces and nephews. And like, I love them. And they know me as Finn Balor. They don't know me as, as Fergal. Like they don't know their uncle, the real person. They just know their uncle on TV. So I kind of wrestle with these things all the time. Is the money worth the sacrifice? Not the physical sacrifice, the like life sacrifice. I don't even know how I got onto this subject. No, I, it's, it's fascinating <laughs> to me though. How do you balance I was letting that? you go, man, because that yeah. was yeah, great. That's a, that's a really valid perspective. And I think a lot of people can relate to it, particularly in this business, but you know, from an outsider looking in, how do you deal and balance that stress mentally when you're not performing? I don't know if I balance it or not. I think I just bottle it up inside. Like, you know, <laughs> okay. a, true, a true Irishman, you know, he bottles up his, his real emotions and just says, ah, sure, be grand, you know? Yeah. No, it's something that like, that weighs on my mind a lot, especially like as I'm like, you know, I see my parents getting older now. And like, I know that they are, they have like so much, um, respect for what I've done and they're they're so proud of you know you know where I've came from and, and where I am now and I know that they would be disappointed if I stopped doing it. Right. But you know and they would they would be heartbroken. <laughs> He's not following his dreams. Why is he not doing it? But for me I'm questioning why am I doing this to be away from them? So it's like it's uh what's the right answer? It's right. so it's so hard it's so hard to know. It's weird it's weird looking at time too man because when we're younger, time, like, it's so slow. Like, oh, my God, day is still. But now it's like a day goes by, and it, all of a sudden, like, right now it's March. Where, where the hell did January and February go? The one thing I'll, like, I always try and 
remember is that like, you know, when you're like 16 and 17, like you feel so old, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you feel like, oh no, like, and the pressure like society puts on people at like 16 and 17 to like choose a career or choose what they're going to do for the rest of their life is like absolutely ridiculous in my opinion. And like now I'm 40 and like, hopefully I'm just halfway through my life. I hope, you know, and I hope I've got another 40 years left. So like in my mind, I'm still young and I still have a lot of things that I want to do and achieve but they're not necessarily in, in wrestling. There's, you know, I want to spend more time in Ireland. I want to, you know, spend more time with my wife, with my, with my parents, with my nieces and nephews. And I feel like just so many people are in, in a rush to get to, to where they want to be so young. You missed the journey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't think Finn thought he'd come on this show today, Corey. We were going to talk, you know, Damian Priest, United States Championship Raw, and we're here now <laughs> analyzing life in the greatest mysteries of Pandora's box. This is fa this is very <laughs> fascinating to me because to, to your point about the pressures of being young and being a teenager, I just had this conversation with my son, who's 13, yeah. uh, a few weeks ago. Just being a kid, and he's having issues at school with, you know, people he was friends with aren't his friends anymore, and he's trying. he's worried about making the baseball team, and what can he go to college for baseball and all these sort of pressures. And just hearing you say that was like, man, being on the other side of that as a dad now is so wild because I look at it and go, I'm still a mess. I'm still figuring out my <laughs> life at 38. Who am I to give anybody advice? And, and uh, Carmela and I were actually having a conversation similar to that at dinner a few weeks ago. I actually called my mom and I said, mom, did you ever have a moment when we were growing up where you thought to yourself, what the hell am I doing? Why do I have kids? Who allowed me to have kids? And my mom goes, oh yeah, all the time. Because I think it's, it's like <laughs> something in the human condition where you never look at yourself as older. You're st we're still kids on the journey, right? We're still scratching and clawing to get to the next step. It's really easy to, to, to lose all that perspective in, in the meantime. It's really wild to think about. Yeah, and, uh, and hopefully I got another f five, six, maybe seven years left in the ring, so... Plenty of work to be done. And then I'll still have, hopefully, another 30 years to do other things. Yeah. <laughs> to enjoy, to enjoy yeah. the fruits of your labor. Yeah, exactly. Finn, I want to ask you, you're obviously not the, the biggest dog in the fight, usually, in WWE. And you, you came from Japan. You've got a world of experience. You have a very unique style. A style that seemed to fit really, really well in NXT. But you, perhaps more than others, have been able to find success on Raw and SmackDown without really compromising who you are, how you perform. What sort of advice would you give to aspiring superstars or maybe even those that are currently on the roster uh, who maybe haven't quite tasted that success? They have all the tools. And, and what is stopping someone from crossing over that threshold to, to becoming, you know, in the universal championship picture where you have found yourself numerous times? I'm going to just go back to like the first part of the question sure. where you said like I haven't compromised where I feel I've made a huge compromise in. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I really do like uh, the, the compromise in my style or the change in my style I feel is so drastically different that it's almost unrecognizable for me to watch it. And really? it's like, and, it, and it's like two the same way where like Finn and the demon are separate. I feel like Finn NXT wrestling versus in raw wrestling is completely different. It's just like the same image, the same gear, maybe some days, but like it's, I, I feel like it's a completely different style. Okay. I feel like the one thing that is so underestimated and that I took as a compliment when I came to NXT the first time and that I realized wasn't really a compliment was that I was told I was too smooth. 
And I thought, that sounds like a compliment. Right. That, that sounds good. You know, I, I'm smooth. That's cool. But I don't think that's a compliment. Everything should be difficult. It shouldn't be easy to do anything in a, in a fight. A fight's not easy. You need to struggle before you succeed, before people like really appreciate it, right? Like you need to like go through the struggles in life. You need to struggle for years through high school, through college, through apprenticeships to finally get there. And then you really appreciate it. And I feel like that's the same with someone doing a backflip. If he doesn't really struggle to do it, and it's just about it's just hearing a you say that it's almost profound because it's it, the people, the fans, the audience can relate to the struggle. They yeah. may not be able to relate to the athleticism. They may not be able to physically do that, but they relate to the struggle. That actually yeah. makes a lot of sense. If I'm thinking about how I apply myself, if I go out there and do the foot stomp first, well, people are going to go. Eh. You don't Where have, do we go from it, here? Right. So you mean to tell me that in Finn Balor's opinion, the story of the match is more valuable than the maneuver itself. Man. What a concept. What a concept, huh? <laughs> Finn, we've talked about that just he and I over and over again over the last year. Uh, so it's refreshing to hear you say it. It means we're not dumb, Graves. <laughs> There's a lot of guys that came into NXT that weren't given the full NXT experience, right? I feel very fortunate that I was in Japan for a long time. I moved to NXT. I got retrained in a very different WWE style and then moved to Raw and to SmackDown. After I had moved, NXT had kind of developed its own style of wrestling and kind of like changed. And it wasn't really preparing people for Raw or SmackDown. It was just putting people on NXT. And then they were just kind of wrestling their same independent style or Japanese style or European style on NXT. And then they were getting, you know, pulled into Raw and SmackDown. But they hadn't been given these like key nuggets of information by people like Matt Bloom or Terry Taylor, like at the Performance Center that, you know, or, or Triple H or Road Dog. They were kind of explaining to me that you need to make stuff like mean more. In my indie mind, then like, hey, give them explosions, give them bombs, like give them, you know, the action movie. Like, but if every match is an action movie, like who wins the Oscar? You know, the drama, you know? So like, You're it, absolutely yeah. Right. Right. So like it, the drama is obviously way better than the, the, the blockbuster Hollywood action movie. Does John Wick hold up as well if you don't know what John Wick went through? If yeah. he doesn't lose his <laughs> wife and his dog, do you care that he is this uber badass in the ring or, you know, in the streets and, and able to kill all these people? That, that same mentality, I think, pervades its way to, uh, to sports entertainment as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and definitely I feel like a lot of guys, um, a lot of guys were hindered by the success of NXT uh, in the fact that it, it changed its style and then stopped preparing people for Raw or SmackDown. And maybe that was, that was the difference between maybe me, Shinsuke, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, that we were in that first kind first of wave, yeah. wave of NXT guys that were actually really being prepared for, for Raw or SmackDown. And they were really like tinkering with our style. And I was really compromising my style, going back to that word earlier. And then, you know, the, the next generation that came in were kind of just like, ah, just go do your thing, man. That's, that's what we want to, that's what we want to see. And they weren't maybe as, uh, you know, criticized as much, picked apart as much. And uh, I feel like a lot of guys, you know, suffered because of that, because they weren't given the same knowledge that, w that we were given. You know, very interesting. Everything you talked about from your stints in, in NXT, I'd, I'd be wrong not to ask you what you think about NXT 
2.0. You know, this new crop, this new wave of superstars that are that are coming around. Braun Breaker stands out right now. Um, again, this Tuesday going to be facing Champa and Dolph Ziggler for Monday Night Raw. It's it's definitely to things you said to me, who's been in NXT for five six years. I agree with everything you just said from the guys that came in from those waves, but it seems there's a little bit of a shift right now with NXT. Yeah, and I think it was it was needed. I don't want to say it was getting stale, but you know, having been there for I think it was about a year and a half in my in my second run, I felt like all the matches had taken place or like it was kind of going in like a in a cycle over and over again and uh, something needed to change and I feel like pretty much as soon as I left uh, the 2.0 came in and it was a completely new crop uh, uh, superstars you know young fresh people and me as a fan like when I was younger I never took joy out of like seeing the same matches or the same people like every week like I was always like hungry for like hey who's this new guy what's his backstory where did he come from oh I wonder what moves he does like and I was so curious about wanting to like learn about these new guys and like i feel like you know me as a fan that's what i want and like to pretty much as soon as uh you know i moved back to smackdown at the time and you know nxt 2.0 came out it was it was so cool to see like completely new people that i was only gone out the door about a month and then there's people that i'd never even met before you know like on the tv i was like it was obviously it was hugely surprising and maybe a lot of people in the business were like oh that's that's, that's stupid. You know, who are these guys? They haven't paid their dues. But for me as a fan, I think, wow, this is cool. There's, these are guys that I have no idea. I've never even heard their names before. And now they're on TV and they're succeeding. And I remember watching the, the War Games match. And these like four new, like relatively new guys are, you know, in the ring with, with the four experienced guys. And it's just incredible. And it's like something completely fresh. Maybe I'm just so jaded and like so exhausted from like seeing so much over the years. But like that was something I wow, that's really, really cool. You know, that's just see new guys do new stuff. You, it's unpredictable in the sense that, you know, you don't know their spots or you don't know their routine or their, their shtick. You're getting to see and witness something new for the first time. And that's pretty rare. So hats off to NXT for for kind of like risking it all, you know, and, and really, really committing to the 2.0. It's definitely been refreshing. And I know you made a joke about being jaded. I can't imagine that you are so jaded that it is lost on you, that you are now the United States champion and WrestleMania is right around the corner. <laughs> I mean, we all got in this business to take part in WrestleMania. Last year, you were still doing the NXT thing. What does it mean to potentially be part of this giant two-night WrestleMania this year for Finn Balor after all you've accomplished in your career? Um, yeah, look... You can be jaded in in any walk of your life, but when you're a kid and you you know you watch wrestling and you love wrestling, and the idea of being involved in a WrestleMania is just so far fetched that you know every time you know WrestleMania comes around, that you know you want to be involved. And even though I wasn't involved last year, I watched and it, and it, I'll be honest, it hurts. And I just had a killer match with Karrion Cross at NXT. And then I'm the next day I'm sitting at home on the couch watching WrestleMania and like I wasn't part of the brand. So like I shouldn't have been on the show, but it's still like the the competitor in me or the the person that wants to prove something. Like it did hurt not being involved. And the second night, like it hurt not being involved. Because if there's a wrestling show on and there's people at it and there's a ring set up and everyone's watching on TV, I want to be on that show. I don't care. So um so, you know, it definitely did hurt, 
last year not being involved, even though, you know, I wasn't at all available. Right. Uh, and it wasn't a, wasn't a punishment. It just wasn't yeah, a feasible yeah, option. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. I, I want to be involved and I want to be on WrestleMania, whether it's first night, second night access. I don't care. I want to be on there. No doubt. I'm looking forward to it. I have a feeling we're going to see some big things from the new United States champion, Finn Balor. Finn, any final words for the ATB listeners before you continue on your journey? No, just thanks for the continued support. I hear you. I really hear you because, Grace, I'm sure you heard that reaction when I... Oh, yes. On Raw. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> You know, sometimes you, you lose sight in this business of, of why we're doing it or, or who we're doing it for. And I felt that win on Monday and, and I felt the reaction and uh, I felt, you know, the response on, you know, phone calls, texts, social media. And uh, I just want to say I'm super, super grateful, super humbled by it. Well, awesome, man. I have no doubt there's plenty more reactions like that waiting in the wings for the Prince Ben, you know, you're always welcome here, man. I appreciate your time. Good luck with everything. All right. I love talking to you guys, man. That was fun. As expected, Vic, I'm such a huge fan of Finn Balor. have been since prior to his arrival here in WWE. Truth be told, he was one of the guys I was looking forward to mixing it up with most inside the ring. Who knows? Stranger things have happened, but uh, I am excited to see what Finn is capable of as United States champion. It's hard to argue, you know, prior to coming here to NXT, to WWE, Finn Balor was someone I looked up to. And I'm not a fan of Finn Balor. I'm a fan of Fergal. I'm a fan of the the, the man who has had a lot of conversations that we just had with him. And, and we've had him uh, in the past. He's very authentic, which is a word we, we've used. He's very honest. And that reaction Monday he was talking about is one of those moments that I know he will put in a bottle and he'll hold for one of those those rainy, dark days where he kind of wants to, you know, say something else. And he'll remember that moment. I can't wait to see what happens for him coming up in just a matter of weeks, hopefully at WrestleMania. I wish I would have connected the dots while we still had Finn on the line, because I would dare say that the reaction on Monday that he said he felt is why he puts up with the struggles. He is yeah. explaining, he answered his own question as to why we put ourselves through this. Why all this time on the road? Is it worth it? But those are the moments that drive the men and women in WWE and this entire industry because nothing can replace that rush, that feeling of having an arena full of people supportive of what you just did when you left it all in the ring. And that's exactly what Finn got Monday. And I have no doubt we're going to have more of that in the future Vic, I know we're running out of time. You're a busy guy. You've got NXT UK duties. You've Woo. got NXT 2.0 responsibilities. It's Woo. WrestleMania season. Wait, oh, yeah. What, what are you, something tickling you over there? I'm you just sound making like the sound effects. Pillsbury Doughboy over there. <laughs> You're killing me. But you can follow us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find Vic at Vic Joseph WWE. Make sure you're listening for free on Spotify. Just search after the bell, hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. And while I'm plugging all of my shows here in the WWE realm in the universe, make sure you check out Corey and Carmella 
By the time this airs, I believe all of the episodes should have dropped on WWE's official YouTube page. Check it out. Like, comment, subscribe. And uh, keep tweeting nice things to Graves. Yeah, keep tweeting. I'm really into this nice Twitter <laughs> thing. It's a, it's a real, it's a, it's a whole new world that I am enjoying exploring. I'm not lying, man. When I saw trending Corey Graves, my first mile was, oh, what did he do? And I clicked it and it was just all this positive stuff. I was like, oh, social media just worked me for the man, first time. We're, we're in bizarro world. Here we man. are. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, more WWE after the bell.